This is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast, hosted by Roman Prokopchuk, bringing you all things digital marketing, tech, business, and motivation. What's stopping you from becoming relentless in all aspects of life? Are you ready to become a digital savage? Let's get into today's episode. Hey everyone, this is Roman Prokopchuk and this is the Digital Savage Experience Podcast. Today I have with me Chad Peterson. He's an expert business broker and the founder of Peterson Acquisitions, an award-winning M&A firm. Chad's firm handles transactions in 1 million to 25 million range with some deals exceeding 25 million. Thank you for joining me today. Hey, thank you for having me. My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about your journey. How did you get to where you are today? Maybe some of the things along the way that's happened to you as well. Well, I, at the beginning uh, of my you know, memory as a little boy, I was always doing something to go make money. Uh, I had the entrepreneurial bug. Uh, I knew that if I could knock on your door and do something as little as picking flowers and I could make five bucks, I knew that I did something good that day. And with that being said, I just stayed on it. I was a relentless little kid. And, you know, people just quite didn't really know what to make of it. I mean, it was quite weird. Even my peers and even my mom was like, my God, what is this? Who did I give birth to here? I mean, I was a little hustler at a young age and I love to knock on doors and uh, get paid for doing things. And that turned into a real business. Uh, by the time I was in my teenage years, I was making more money than my teachers. I sold that business. And when I sold that business, it allowed me to go to college and to flight school. And uh, having said that, um, I worked during flight school and built uh, another business. And I sold it uh, whenever I got out of flight school. And when I got, whenever I lost my career in 9-11, I opened up another company. It was a mortgage company and I had 120 employees and I was doing $7 million to $9 million a year in revenue. And uh, whenever the 2008 financial collapse happened, I lost everything. And uh, it did, you know, it, it it didn't bother me. I mean, it obviously hurt me financially, but I just picked right back up and said, you know what? I'll go open up another business. And I did. I built that business and I sold it. And then I built another business and sold it. And eventually people said, you know, you know, some of my friends said, Chad, you're so good at this. Why don't you help other people sell their business? And that's where a business was born. And so what I do is I sell businesses for people across the country, across the world. And um, between my consulting and selling of businesses, plus the book that I wrote, Swinging Doors, A Guide to Selling Your Business, which sells all around the world, I have gotten... Um, I've gotten recognized as the number one broker in the country and I just stay at it. I stay busy. I love what I do. And that's how I got there. Yeah, that's awesome. And I think uh, having kind of that mindset, I think I'm a first generation immigrant and I remember too, some of the things in terms of kind of hustling, having my parents go to like Costco or Sam's club or whatever it was buying candy and marking it up like 10 X in school and selling it to people and stuff like right. that. And I think it's important for people that have kind of that mindset. And you mentioned, you know, losing uh, your business in, in the recession. Uh, I actually graduated in 2007, 2008, and then couldn't find a job. And that's the, the, 
the instance where it helped me redefine and, and pivot out of necessity into the career and business I've built over the last 12 years. So I think an important point you make there as well is I think anyone can lose, you know, financial material things, but if they have the will, the mindset, the talent and the ability, you know, as long as they wake up the next day, they have the opportunity to make it back and make something of themselves. Sure. Absolutely. And that's the entrepreneurial, uh, that's the entrepreneurial DNA right there. Yeah. And, and your current business actually is, is super interesting to me because I mean, it's a lot of relationships, in my opinion, a lot of networking and kind of matchmaking, if you will, for businesses and those looking to purchase businesses. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So what motivates you to succeed? Obviously that motivation may have changed with age and time, but what currently motivates you to succeed? Well, success to me is my obligation. Um, I don't need motivation for it. It's, you know, I'd rather die a, a slow death than not be successful. Uh, that's part of who I am. Um, I work seven days a week, not because I have to, but because I want to. Um, I don't really work for money necessarily, but I, I work to achieve my highest self. If I know that I could do something and I don't do it, there, there becomes pain within me because I didn't accomplish it. You know, if I, if I'm capable of making X amount of dollars a year and I don't do it, yeah, it doesn't set well with me. And having said that, that's what motivates me. Yeah. I think that's important. I think like you mentioned working, I think working to, to better yourself and be to be a better version of yourself, not necessarily, like you said, seven days a week for monetary gain, but I mean, some people, yes, that's fine. And I think it's kind of running and, and being in your own race as well. And I think me personally, if I go a day without learning something or trying to improve myself or taking advantage of an opportunity, I don't feel as fulfilled. Like you mentioned, something inside of me feels like I didn't, you know, do what I could have done. Right. Yeah, exactly. So what's one thing you may have seen as a weakness in yourself in the past that you may have turned around and utilized as a strength today? Well, early on when I was a business owner, my weakness was definitely trusting people that they were going to work as hard as I would. In other words, I lived life, you know, we all live life through our own lens. You know, if you're an honest, uh, upright, integrity-driven, principle-oriented, um, action-oriented, disciplined, um, high achiever, ready to go to war to be able to accomplish the goals within yourself. Because if you don't, um, you just can't live with yourself happily. Then you're going to live through those lenses and you're going to be shocked that other people don't. So whenever I had 120 employees, I was in such misery because I just could not understand that if I could do, if I could make $300,000 a year on my own, why didn't I have 120 people that were motivated to do the same? And the fact is that people are distracted. The fact is people aren't motivated. The fact is people would rather, you know, go to lunch and get half drunk because, you know, they're not, that's more appealing to them than actually putting in the work. And so the biggest weakness I had was poor vision. Um, I didn't realize that I was different. I didn't realize I was rare. And only until the last couple of years have I fully embraced that. I'm 41 years old, but from the time that I was 39 till now, 
somewhere around there, it clicked. And I'm like, I'm unique here. I'm a high performer and I expect people around me to be so, but it's just, it's not appropriate for me to think that way. So I built business plans around highly motivated, driven, successful people. When really I should have been making business plans around unmotivated, um, unengaged, undisciplined, lacking morality, fortitude. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I sat down in an interview and I'd asked him, I'd say, so you're a hard worker and you want to succeed. And, um, right. You know, it's going to require about 60 hours a week out of you. And you know, you can make about $300,000 a year. Oh yeah. Yeah, I do. I sure do. Uh, that's what I want to do. Okay. And you know, you're going to have to make 80 to a hundred phone calls a day and you know, there's going to be problems, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I, I do. I understand that. I really do. Yeah. I can't wait. Well, two weeks later after I hire them, they're looking around, they're checking their cell phone. They're staring at the computer screen. Is it lunchtime yet? Go to lunch, come back an hour later. You know, it's just, it's just how people are. People are lazy. And so the biggest mistake I made was building business plans around people like me. You know, I, I look at it like this. I thought I was hiring Wolverines, but I ended up hiring gerbils. And all they want you to do is take care of them and fill their water bottle. So they got plenty to drink and give them food and they got plenty to eat. And they want to show up and look pretty at work and act like they're doing the part. And so my mistake was thinking that I hired Wolverines when really I had 120 gerbils. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that holds true. I think uh, I hold myself to kind of a higher level or bar. I mean, I'm in the digital marketing field and I expect people in terms of delivering quality of work and things of that nature and uh, keeping their word to a certain level. And, and and it's been, like you said, I've been let down because I've expected the the same caliber in terms of who I am from other people. So it's kind of important to, to build people up and seeing what their strengths are or how you can utilize them. If you can utilize them, I think a, a quote in that sense that, you know, I read recently that I kind of go back to every once in a while is uh, everyone wants to be a lion, but nobody wants to do what lions do. So nobody wants to really get up and hunt and do the hard work. They just want to kind of lay there and have things come to them. And unfortunately, that's not how life works. Right. Correct. That is right. So what's one piece of advice that you can leave with the audience, personal or professional? Um, make My advice would be to make your life how you want it to be. I see so many people in this world walking around thinking that their life has to be what others believe it has to be. You know, I don't wake up until 10 o'clock in the morning. And people think, well, how can you be a high performer and not wake up until 10 o'clock in the morning? Well, I'm not going to wake up to an alarm clock at 7.30 when I don't want to. Um, I don't spend an hour in traffic. I don't spend an hour getting ready. So you can say you wake up at 7 and you're at work by 8.30 or whatever it is, but you're wasting time. By the time you get to your work, you're talking to your other, you know, your, your, your staff members, you're getting coffee, you're getting situated, you're getting on your computer, you're checking your emails, you're checking out your politics. Um, you know, you're checking out your sports, you know, what happened last night in the games. Maybe you got fantasy football, you're checking on that. I mean, you know, really, what are you doing? 
So me, I cut out all those distractions, but I live my life how I want to live. I get up at 10 o'clock in the morning and I work until I'm tired. I could stop working at midnight. That's how I operate my life because I want to live that way. So <clears throat> corporate America has a way of training you to get in their box and make you do what they want to do. I'm a high performer and meaning that, that my income and the results of my work are in the high performance category, but I don't let anybody dictate my hours, what I'm going to do, how I'm going to do it. I just don't do it. So I live my life and I encourage people to, to live their life. Even if you're employed, go to your employer and say, Hey, you know, I know you want me here at eight o'clock in the morning, but it's inefficient. You know, I'd like to show up at noon and give them reason why, you know, I mean, if you can wake up and not have the distract, you, you know, spend an hour in traffic. Think about that an hour each way. You know, that's 10 hours a week, you know, 52 weeks a year. That's 520 hours. You know, I mean, what is that? That's, uh, uh, what is that? That's, uh, well, that's 50, that's 50 work weeks, roughly sitting in traffic. So I'm going to opt out of that. I'm not going to spend 50 work weeks sitting in rush hour traffic. So, you know, design your life. You know, if it makes better sense to drive to work at 10 o'clock, even though the boss man wants you there at eight o'clock because he thinks that it's worthwhile for you to spend, you know, 50 working weeks, or I'm sorry, it's not 50 working weeks, five working weeks, um, uh, five working weeks in traffic. I'd say that's inefficient. If, if traffic dies down at nine o'clock, go to work at nine 30, make use of your mornings, make your life how you want it to be rather than being put in the box. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's kind of running your own race. So if you said, you know, I wake up at four in the morning, you know, that's cool. I don't have any objection to that. If you wake up at two in the afternoon, as long as you go after it and you do what you need to do and still accomplish what you're looking to accomplish, you can do it on your own terms and not be told what to do or how to do it or even staying kind of running your own race and not seeing what other people are doing because people get often times distracted, especially in, you know, 2020 with social media and that kind of yeah, uh, artificial filter and that kind of, uh, you know, baller lifestyle, which nine times out of 10 is just somebody, you know, fronting in terms of that being a vacation and that being their home. Yeah. Nine. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's 9,999 out of 10,000 times is, is the deal. Um, I'm not on, I'm not on social media. I'm not on Facebook. I'm not on Instagram or Snapchat or this, that, whatever it is. I'm not, I don't have time for that. Uh, high performers, high performers don't waste their time with that. Um, I'll watch a movie. I don't watch TV. It'll rot your mind. I read a book or I work on what I'm doing. I've written three books and, um, so I'm, I'm dedicated to build my dreams. I don't watch sports. I've never seen a Super Bowl. People think that's crazy, but you know, um, I'm going to work on my dreams. I'm going to work on my life. Um, for me, I just simply can't get enthralled. I cannot get excited. I cannot get passionate. I cannot find cause or reason to get excited about seeing a ball be thrown through the air for the 10 millionth time. I don't know why people can, you know, it's interesting. I take a red laser beam, um, you know, a little laser light. And every time that I 
take my laser light and I put it on the floor, you know, my dog just gets excited as hell about it. And you'd think that he understands that laser light by now. It's just not that big of a deal. And I got to believe that uh, people that spend their their life on social media and with sports and all this kind of stuff, they, they're, they're not too much different than my dog with that laser. They just, they're entertained at something that they already know they're about to see. You know, I mean, how many times can you get excited about a ball going through a net or somebody catching a ball and making it to the end zone? I've seen that a lot. I mean, I watch the little sports reels when I'm having a beer at a bar or something. I don't know why people get excited about it. I'm more excited about being on this podcast with you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things. I just took it back to like the whole COVID thing started. Uh, So there's obviously no sports. So since then, I don't think I've watched ESPN or, you know, a minute of sports. And it's like, you can live without that. I feel like people are like so addicted or so if, if I don't get this, then, you know, the world will end. And like with social media, like I, I use social media to kind of give back, to advocate for the things important to me. And I don't necessarily spend the time and wasting the time, you know, scrolling for a half hour or just like pointless videos and things of that nature. So, I mean, I utilize it as a digital marketing, as a tool to re- reach the right audiences and basically create opportunities for myself but not the way that people are using it where it's like almost an addiction because it does push up your endorphin levels where you see likes and then you become upset if somebody didn't like your picture or comment on on it. So you get really caught up in some of these things that really suck time away from the things you should really be focusing on. Sure. Yeah. If you, if, if, um, if you go to a restaurant and you take a picture of what you just ate and put it on, Facebook because you want to get a dopamine rush because somebody else likes, you know, sushi rolls like you do. I mean, I'm just, I don't know that we can be friends. I don't know that I have anything in common with you. You know, I mean, it's just, uh, it's ridiculous. The times we live in, you know, people have lost, lost work ethic. They stare at their phones. Like it's their answer, you know, get off your ass, go do something get on a podcast, call a hundred people, shake some hands, even in COVID land, go shake some hands and say, Hey, I'm here to do business. That's who I am. Yeah. I mean, it, it's creating value and uh, you know, building opportunities and relationships. I mean, I think any business you're in networking and creating the right opportunities and finding like-minded people really will get you to the next you know level and creating that opportunity also attracts an authentic audience as well. So if you have a business and you do something, you show who you are in terms of an interview, a podcast, you know, a video, a, you know, on TV, what have you. And it really helps humanize who you are in your business and in turn attracts the right clientele as well. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So I really appreciate you stopping by today. Can you let the audience know how they can find you or anything else you have going on? Yeah. Contact me at petersonacquisitions.com. I sell businesses up to 25 million. Sometimes I sell businesses over 25 million. If you've got a business and you'd like to exit and start your new adventure and go on to something that's bigger and better, I can show you how to make what you're making now and quadruple it by helping you take a quantum leap into success by selling your business and going and buying a better business. Go to petersonacquisitions.com. And if you mention that, that you heard me on this wonderful podcast host uh, show, 
I will send you a free download of the book, Swinging Doors, A Guide to Selling Your Business. I'll also provide any of your uh, audience uh, with a free valuation or value of their business. And um, they can contact me through the website and I'm quick to respond. Uh, me or my staff will get in touch with them and help them sell their business successfully so they can move on to the next adventure. Awesome. Thanks again for stopping by. Thank you for having me. This podcast has been brought to you by Nova Zora Digital. Find out how Nova Zora Digital can help your company grow online. Learn more at NovaZoraDigital.com. Until next time, all you digital savages.